Heaven High. Heaven High, and welcome to episode number... 202. Excellent. Can you give me the topic for this episode, please? The topic for this episode is... How can we be thinking about building a moon base when there are starving children in Africa? (sighs) Did you enjoy the Martian on the screen? I did. I, I did enjoy it, yes. Did you enjoy it more or less or equanimously with the book? Oh, a lot, lot less than the book. I enjoyed it less than the book as well, and I well, wasn't that's sure of course, why. of course you did, because it's a film of a book. If you'd not read the book, you would, I don't know. Books are always better than films, because they're no, longer, my, more detailed. My, my brother preferred the film to the book. He says it cut out a lot of the tweeness of, yeah, but of Your brother's book. a notorious idiot. Fair enough. And he says that... For example, oh, your brother was the one who was whinging about the science being inaccurate in a story, wasn't it? No, yeah, but he also didn't like the character. He thought that he was far too kind of chirpy and oh, yeah. wry and so on. He should he have been like, it should have been like every other bloody story ever, and he should have been all sad and moping and going, oh, no, the entire time. That he, would have been much more interesting. But he was slightly more sad and moping in the film than he was in the book, wasn't he? Which I found a little bit disappointing because I thought. The, the, the film was very odd in the sense that it opened with um, out introducing any of the characters. There's mm. like a three second line from three out of five of them, and then, or whatever it was, and mm. then they just, oh, now there are things happening. happen. And blah, blah. You're like, what? Uh, if I hadn't read the book, I wouldn't have even known why I cared about this guy. No. It's a you... very strange opening. And I approved of the changings in the ending. I prefer the book's versions, but I very much approve of a surprise when I watch a movie. Was there a surprise? Oh. I don't. I want to say either. obviously. It's a. It, I can't. I genuinely don't remember there being a surprise. I kind of don't really remember the end of the book because I. It's one of those books where actually the process of the book is far more interesting than the rushed little uh, bow that ties it up at the end. If you see. Well, it I wasn't. Mean. I loved the ending. It wasn't rushed at all. I was sat. I remember I was on holiday at Centre Parks and I was sat on the couch uh. reading it, gasping and she shrieking aloud as Laura laughed at me. Yeah. Uh, but no, the I shall say without spoiling anything, uh, Iron Man didn't happen in the book. Oh, that yes, that was awful. That and was the lady, ridiculous. the lady didn't d- didn't do as much. In the that book. was ridiculous. Yes, that that, that that Iron Man thing was just ludicrous. In as much as I, there was a kind of amusing about, uh, wouldn't that be funny? And uh-huh. then it actually led to the real thing that happened. You know, it was like amusing, which inspired uh-huh. rather than actually let's be a cartoon suddenly. <laughs> that was very go. nasty. I'm very angry. In fact, I'm going to burn down every cinema and <laughs> the author for allowing his book to be adapted like that. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, good idea. Hmm. Any other films that you're looking forward to? The reason I ask is that this was a very rare film and that we did a baby swap in that. Um, Victoria and Leanna went to see it while we were looking after Jessica and Judith, and then Gregory and I went to see it while they were looking after while ah. they were looking after Jessica and Judith in turn. So I wondered, are there any other films that we will all like sufficiently to redo that uh, coming up before Crumble Tide? I don't know. I don't know what films are coming out. I haven't looked. Um, I did, we, Laura and I got had her parents come down and babysit so we could go sit together, which is unusual, mm. obviously. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, we went to see Measure for Measure, which is a play at the Young Vic in London. And what, what was interesting about it is um, they... Thank, by the way, I just want to stop you and, th- and thank you for explaining to me that Measure for Measure is a play. Well, you probably don't know that. Um, <laughs> it's come as a surprise. It probably has. You probably thought it was a recipe. Um, <laughs> and 
And what was interesting about it is it was obviously one of those productions which was modernised and trying to shock a little. So, for example, it was full of uh, inflatable sex dolls and things like that. Goodness gracious um, me! Well, I mean, it is it is set in it is a play set in in whorehouses and so on. It's a play about sexual politics, so it kind of worked fine. But what was interesting, appalling, is that they got rid of. There, there is a uh, there are a number of prostitutes in the play, uh, which Shakespeare originally, originally written, including uh, a, a brothel owner, and they'd cut her role out of the play completely, so that you didn't you never heard her speak. You only had her pimp, uh, whose role was still there, speaking, and the prostitutes then were only represented by these inflatable dolls. I thought, isn't it ironic in a play? that thinks it's being edgy and updating is actually getting rid of a woman's part and is getting rid of the agency of that woman. I thought it was a very interesting little thing, which was because everybody was, uh, I think, being quite right on it. No, actually, this is quite reactionary in its its funny little way. Um, I want to see Mistress Overdone. That was her name. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Shakespeare funny. He called... Her name was Mistress Overdone. Do you get it? Do you get it? Shakespeare was the best comedian ever. Yeah. Uh, Do you think he existed? Um, yeah. Because uh, apparently lots of the old actors don't think he, do- he did anymore. The Jacobies really? and the like, they're all like, no. I don't really care. It's funny. I mean, I, I, <laughs> whether whether he existed in the way that we think he existed, it kind of doesn't matter because the the, the, the texts that we've got are so mangled and distorted anyway. I mean, Measure for Measure is a great example of that, where... The ending suddenly is rushed, and none of the characters who have these extraordinary things inflicted on them have any comment about it. They're just kind of thrown up in a line, and people, that's why it's called a problem play, because it, is, it, is it a comedy or is it a tragedy? Because, you, because the characters don't kind of say how they feel about what's been done to them, you never kind of know. And some people say, is this very clever writing, or is it just that... Uh, that a lot of the lines were lost over time and we've got this kind of garbled folio of of, of mixtures. Yeah. That's what I always found that so amusing about how every line of Shakespeare was treated yeah. as if it had dropped out of the word of God and yet you've got these old scraps of different folios and who knows, you know, some line was probably just added in a particular night for a particular actor because he thought that was a good ad lib and now suddenly that's become the word of God. It's amazing. I, I love how these things are reified into these um, untouchable uh, cultural gems and you think at the time they're probably just a bit of a throwaway or one of the pages fell out of the script and that's why there's this amazing disjuncture between the two scenes or whatever. Um, there was a, a funny well, example. the person scribbling it down during the performance wasn't paying attention. Yeah, well, there was a, an amazing example about this um, in, in Howard's End. Uh, for, for years, uh, uh, th- there was a, a line in it where these um, Hindus were carrying around a sign saying God see love, God si love, and people said, "What does it mean?" Because see means if, so maybe God is only God if there is love, and the, it deals with a lot of the, the book deals with a lot of notions of of love versus sex versus rape and so on. And said, "Well, what does it mean, God see love? Why isn't?" It? And then eventually, some thirty years later, the publisher admitted that they just it was just a typo meant to say <laughs> God is love. So like, I preferred uh, the whole t- industry of interpretation was then struck down. I preferred the TV version with all the rich people on the yachts. 
it's funny. I was. I, I thought. Do I do I preempt this because he, he's 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 done the joke three times before, or do I allow him to get his quad? quad I don't think quad, we've quad, ever quad. done that joke before. Yes, I refuse to or, believe we've or done do a I allow him to get the Howard's end joke before. The quadra. I remember the joke was actually made at school when we were going to read Howard's end, and um, <laughs> and, and the teacher got very angry and said, uh, "That is so tired. I think better of you." Uh, to the A level students, it's retro, Nick. Yeah. It's good because it's retro. So I've been, while you've been jabbering away uninterestingly, I've been yeah. uh, looking at what movies are coming out before Christmas. There's not a lot, but the one that might tempt us, mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, well, obviously I'll go and see that. I know, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, I've only seen three abysmal ones in a row. I'll go and see a fourth. Well, the thing is, this is giving it giving it a chance because it's a new director. Yes. Um, Lucas has been thrown in prison. He's he's doing it on film, so the augers are appropriate. But Here's why I'm excited about it, and potentially excited about it. Why is that? Lawrence Kasdan is writing it, and he wrote Empire Strikes Back. Okay, well, possibly it'll be good then. I'm going to see Gremlins on seventy millimeter. Oh, lovely! Soon, uh, when one of the one of the actors who was in it is going to be at the cinema as well. Is it Hulk Hogan, or was that Gremlins Two? I can't remember which one Hulk Hogan was I in. Like, I like Gremlins Two very much. It was so frame breaking. It was very wonderful. Meta. Yeah, I, I like that very much. Should people should go and see Gremlins and Gremlins Two, shouldn't they? The bit in Gremlins where um, no spoilers, Mo- no, where Mogwai is that his name? I can never remember what's the name of the Gremlins when they're not Gremlins, and what's the name of the little f- well, just, cute one? Let's just call them Cuddle Bunny versus uh, <laughs> the, well, Mogwai, the, right? That's a sharky thing. Yeah. Is stuck in the the filing cabinet and makes a grappling hook out of paper oh, yes. clips, yes. and it's actually too too cute. It gets to the point where it makes me want to sort of cry in anger. <laughs> so it's weird it, emotional overreaction to it. I sometimes find that where where it reaches, where cuteness reaches an overflow, I actually want to crush the cute thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think I know. Right, okay, you, you're now too cute, and it's there's ah. kind of this this um, hy- cute hyperglycemia. And I, I want to crush it. That's exactly what that scene from. makes me feel that way. Yeah. 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 I wonder, are there probably children listening to this who have never watched Gremlins? It's probably worth watching. Child listening, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Child, who's also an adult. Yes. Yes. Mm. I can imagine. So much. There's a lot of people who haven't seen Gremlins. I was almost too young for it. Mm. Uh, nearly passed me by, so yeah. That's a sort of film that I don't think is made to these days. I can't imagine it being greenlit today. No, I mean, it's, there's a lot of straight-to-video trash that is uh, lazily emulating it. But yeah, yeah there's nothing that... That, uh, even as, as as there was at the time, there was something called Critters, wasn't there? That was trying yes. to be like Gremlins. But uh, I saw, I think I saw Critters too at a friend's house, and there was a bit where you saw a lady, a lady's boobies, and it was very exciting. Ooh, very good. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so, yeah, films like and Gremlins, and, and I know that I know they're making Ghostbusters three, but Ghostbusters fits into the same Ghostbusters for me. politically correct lady boobies, more like. <laughs> How dare women exist? Makes me angry. Yeah. Tell you what does make me angry is that one of the people cast, one of the women cast in the new Ghostbusters, is one of the people who makes SNL really difficult to watch uh, at the moment. Well, um, let's be honest, you know, they 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 find it they they find it very difficult to be funny, don't they? That sort. <laughs> what, so that's, the, 
the Saturday the night. No, the Saturday Night Live. Oh, Saturday Night Live cast. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's 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 in an interesting place at the moment. It's got it's obviously got some good writers, but it's got a very weak cast. There's a couple of real standouts, but there's some people who were on last year who who didn't get through a sketch without getting a line messed up, that's and amazing. then somehow are back in the cast this year, which means they must have had a real dearth of new applicants. It's such a weird cultural institution now, isn't yeah. it? It's 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 the closest that. Um, the US probably gets to something like, uh, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, or just a minute, isn't it? It's that Maybe. You, it, it's kind of sacred in a way, but also um, people are struggling to decide what to do with it. And I, I don't know, is there, if you, if, you were, if you were told you have carte blanche, the one thing you can't do is cancel it, but you can do anything else you want with it, what would you transform it into? What would you do? I would half the length of all the sketches. That's the, that's the problem solved. The problem is mm. they run every sketch a full uh, add-to-add length. Why? Um, I don't know. They just always have. The sketches are... At, so every sketch is twice as long as it needs to be um, mm. and starts to get uncomfortable because of it. And, and so just half the sketch length. That would, well, just, more, that would make more such pro- a difference. More problematically, it sounds to me like the sketch is not as long as its comedic requirement, but it's as long as the arbitrary time slot oh, yeah. that it has to fit into. So there Definitely. may be some sketches that do want to last that long. There may be other sketches that want to last a quarter as long. And the fact is they all have to last that same. There may be sketches that want to last a bit longer, but tough, that's network television. Yeah, and if you go back go back 10 years or so, Will Ferrell doing his... Um jeopardy sketches they needed to be the full length because the whole point of those sketches was that it became they're really good and it, they became really uncomfortable because they were so long mm. um but yeah when it's like oh we've decided to do this incongruous setting for this familiar theme mm. okay your joke's done in your first in your opening line now mm. they're going to drag it out for a full seven minutes yes um and of course, a lot depends on the guest host. So Amy Schumer guest hosted uh, last week, and so she's very good. How do you know this? Uh, what, what do you watch it on? I watch it on. I fly to America every Saturday. Oh, very nice. Watch so it li- and watch it live on NBC. Well, literally live. Yes. You, you, you maybe do you, do you? I watch it. I watch it on the East Coast to ensure it's as live as possible. But surely, I mean, if you're going to bother flying to America, why don't you just get into the audience every time? Or, or is it a tough gig to get into? Well, it's also it's just a lot of a lot of faff it's an hour and it's an hour and a half long Hmm. um you know it's just i can't sit still that long really without getting into trouble no and we remember what happened last time when you got into trouble uh (laughs) how's toby he's a baby still still is one in two weeks time is he going to have a big birthday party with all his friends that he knows are his friends (laughs) No, he's not. Uh, Laura's organised for some of her chums to come over. Mm. Um, on his, his birthday is Halloween, so we're having a Halloween birthday party thing. That's not very Christian. That's not very Christian at all, is it? I'm um, disgusted. It's not what my if, fault. What if my the fault devil was born on Halloween? What if the devil takes his soul at that very moment while you're not looking and pretending to be pumpkins? <laughs> because we shall um, have a priest in the corner of the room, exercising everyone intermittently throughout the evening. All right, do do make sure, of course, if you've got a priest in the house... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. well, he's he's going to be in a cage. Scone, he's in a cage, scone, don't worry. And, and, and you'll have... There'll be scones and, yeah. and cottage cream. Okay. All over the place, smeared on the inside of the cage. Yeah. 
It's a bit like, you know, the smearing the garlic along the yeah, uh, exactly, threshold. Yes. And they just smear clotted cream all over and uh, dollops it's, it's of a, Robinson's. It's a circle and, of clotted cream and then jam around uh, him on the floor and he can't step over it. And a pentagram of scone crumbs. <laughs> Good. That's <laughs> And if you, right, that's what the plan is. Sorry, I, I'm going to keep coughing if you make me laugh because I have he, a cold because I have a baby. Of course. If he if he starts to throw his holy water over the children, make sure you call the police. Ooh. It's Honestly, no one water. told me. No one told me that having a baby is having a cold for a year. No one mentioned that part to me. No. Oh, no one told you, did they? Nobody ever mentioned uh, the fact that uh, they are basically worse than Ebola. <laughs> just they are they're a little Ebola bots but the thing is I think they take the intensity of a, of, of one Ebola infection yeah. and they spread, spread it across it four or five years and the that fact that equivalent. he the fact that he coughs and sneezes directly into my mouth on a regular okay, a regular uh, occurrence uh, means it's impossible to escape any germ he might pick if up. you think it's bad now just wait till he goes to nursery and then, oh, school. No, then, and then school. I think you'll just be dead you'll just oh, die. probably Probably choose death at that point of, of my own volition. Death will choose you. It'll be fine. You won't really have any say in the matter. Tell me what you think about this policy. Um, the at Judy's school, she they they were complaining that basically they have their break, which is half an hour, and then there's a policy now that if you if the if the child these are five year olds yeah. wants needs to go to the toilet within the next hour, they are. They are basically held in detention for five minutes the next day during their next day's break. It's deducted from them. What? That, do you think that's reasonable? I think that might be a, a human rights violation. Well, apparently they, they want to force the children to make sure that their bladders know that they need to go to make a wee during break. That's and not, not how bladders work. Especially five-year-old ones, yes. What are they... What? I... This sounds like, no, 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 this sounds like the kind of thing you see reported in the Daily Mail and then you actually look into it and it turns out it's some parent misunderstood something. I don't believe you. This can't be real. I think, I think what it is, uh, basically what they want to sort out is sometimes apparently it becomes very fashionable to go to the toilet. You remember how fashionable it was to go to the toilet. Say, miss, can I go to the toilet and all that? So the way you do that (laughs) is you, you make, you, you, you make wee-weeing a punishable offence. Yes. uh, Because of course, causing neuroses in five-year-olds about bladder control is never going to have end badly at all. There will never be any puddles and issues and uh, bed wettings and so on. It's fine. It's all fine. It's just, as well as, and so I was having a very loud conversation about this with um, somebody who'd, who'd been affected, uh, another parent in the line in the morning who'd been affected about it. I noticed that the uh, head teacher was coming, was walking down the line. So I spoke even more loudly until she eventually, <laughs> oh, no. she eventually heard and said, oh, is there an issue? I said, yes, maybe one. <laughs> I think it, they've had a, had a little word to discuss, but it is, it is quite funny how these little petty jailhouse rules begin so quickly, isn't it? Um, <laughs> That's really fright. I mean, <laughs> it's just so sort of these are, these are nappies. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. That's so, it's the, it's like mum saying, um, well, you should have gone before you left. If I ever say that, I'm just going to, oh, I'm going to be so cross with myself. We were at par- a parents evening. I mean, it was all, you, you know, the problem with, the problem with uh, Judith is that um, she, when, when when I give her a task that she really doesn't want to do, which may be a bit tedious, she tries to find <laughs> ways. She 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 just won't do it, or she'll do the very least she she can do to get away with 
completing the task without actually putting her mind to it and then goes and does things that she preferred to do instead like drawing or said oh my goodness i we need to stamp that out <laughs> and also her handwriting you know she her handwriting she sometimes reverses letters and so on and they're so obsessed with handwriting i didn't want yep. to say to the teacher i don't give a toss about handwriting at all i really don't care <laughs> I told you, I, we talked on the podcast before about the Canadian games developer who told me that if his school ever tries to make his daughter do cursive writing, he's going to punch mm. a teacher in the face. That's his plan. The thing is, they're doing some weird sort of proto-cursive thing now, and then in a couple of years, oh. we've been told, and of course they'll learn a completely new style of writing and we'll stop <laughs> using this one in two years' time. I think, is it, I'm sorry, this is a rum doings topic, but it is actually no. one. Is it about time that we stopped obsessing about writing as if it were the primary skill? that these children should be uh, learning. That's a, if you it's, see it's, an it's adult... Like the primary thing they're obsessed about, OK, there's a bit of reading, but writing is where it's at. And the whole child's worth and uh, ability is summarised by their gravure skills. It's so weird. It's, uh, have you ever, if you ever see an adult whose handwriting still looks like school-taught cursive, I'm always very suspicious of them. Something's wrong there. Well, I was having, Again, I was having an argument with my brother and his wife and they think that handwriting is still very valuable blah blah what blah, blah. i told and, you your brother's a, a cretin and i also said you know i think there is a correlation i'm suspicious when people's handwriting is a little bit too lovely mm-hmm. um it doesn't usually betoken uh, concomitant intelligence actually it suggests something a little bit more worrying um, to me it just suggests poor priorities yes that's what i see which, and if you're that poor at prioritising, it can mean that you haven't made intelligent choices. There was always, I always knew, there was a girl at school, Emma Parry Morris, whose handwriting looked like a font. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, always, that always made me suspicious. And uh, there is a reason why the old, you, you saw the, the hoary jokes about the, all the doctors who were on protest. And yes. all the cartoons, and, all this, and nobody knows what they're protesting about because, of course, their signs are illegible. There's a reason why the doctors and barristers and so on have a reputation for terrible handwriting. Uh, and I suggest that possibly heads of HR generally have very good handwriting. <laughs> My uh, long, late grandfather, I found some letters that he wrote me uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago. I moved. I'm in a new room, Nick. You wouldn't recognise the place. Hmm. I'm now in the spare room and the study's now and the spare room's now in the study such excitement I know for the, especially for the listener mm. um, it's a much nicer room though ooh I assume acoustically I feel, I feel it's nicer anyway so I was going through an old box and I found letters from my, my long dead grandfather and he was a doctor and I can't read a word of any of them good just good. I remember I used to have to get my dad to translate them for me when he would write now look there was a time when I think that uh, handwriting was important Obviously, we when we had to handwrite. It was back when people ever wrote anything at all. Yes. yes. Whereas, back whereas then. today, I don't really care if the one or two lines that I scribble are particularly beautiful. What's your brother's rationale? What's he thinking? Well, they're both lawyers. What's uh, funny is he said he said um, there's a rule that if you when you meet a new client and you want to take notes on what they're saying. You have to use a pen because otherwise they offended and you, they feel that you're alienated behind a screen. Right. And he says, and he says, eventually, when he gets used to, um, when the client gets used to him, he asks if he if he can use if he can use a keyboard to actually take notes <laughs> in a way. And he says he's embarrassed about his handwriting because it still looks childish. And I said, well, just type then. It's just My, nonsense. I don't even have a handwriting anymore. 
It's the last generation, anyway, that will worry about these things. The next generation yeah. surely will not treat handwriting as if it's the uh, primary skill of life. I hope not. Yeah. It is funny, you know, remember when you are at school and you were being taught trigonometry and someone would say, when am I ever going to need this in real life? Why am I being taught this? It does seem like handwriting is now the forefront of that question. I would prefer it if handwriting were taught as a an interesting artistic skill that people can enjoy and, you know, calligraphy, fine... Look, okay. teach, calli- teach calligraphy by all means. And if you want to be able to have a beautiful uh, calligraphized uh, capability, that's fine. But don't treat it as if, right, nothing else will do until you can make an A that looks like that. Uh, there, there is a difference between... You know, handwriting should be part of art class, not part <laughs> of everything before you can get to be called a, 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 a graduate of the school. It's ridiculous. It is. I mean, writing. I can see the advantage of writing and mm. being able to write down a word and recognise what you know. That seems a very useful skill. It doesn't mm. really care what font it's in. It doesn't seem like that's the priority to me. No. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have a tip for all married people. What, only married. What if they're living in sin? No. Only well, they I, should just go to I hell. Don't, yeah. I don't even acknowledge the notion. Yes, it's people... kind of logically possible. It's like saying, "Whoa, what about the square circle?" Just two, yeah, there. exactly. Two people who who are in love with each other and share the same house. No, I found that repulsive. Yeah, the the con the con. Yeah, oh, by the way, can you stop going clunk clunk clunk? Oh, sorry, I'm swinging in my chair. Yeah, I'm very naughty. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, maybe I'll open this up a little bit then. If you're married or engaged and living with someone in a committed lifelong relationship. Okay. But only uh, with only engaged. You liberal crazy fool. I know. Um, when the one person's leaving the house to go out to do something, mm-hmm. a fun thing to do is to shout up the drive really loudly, uh, mm. have fun at your BMP rally! <laughs> so my, have you ever seen that being done? I've done it, I do it to my wife every day. <laughs> really? Yes! <laughs> How does she react? She reacts... Um, she reacts by looking embarrassed and hurrying to the car. You, you know, but you see, that's a little too too um, parodic. Maybe you should say, have fun at, at the UKIP event or something like that. Well, the BMP or... yesterday, I said, have fun at Hitler's birthday party. I don't know when Hitler's birthday is. <laughs> no. Or say, say, um, say, say, give, give, give Nigel Farage my regards or something like that. That's or... good. I may, maybe I'll do that tomorrow if she gives yeah. it. It's a lot of fun. I try to come up with a new, horrifically offensive thing that she could be doing. And I shout it really, really loudly when she walks out of the house. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I hope everybody does it. I hope hope this is something that catches on. It would be amazing if everybody were shouting abuse at their partners as they left. A couple of days ago, I said, have fun campaigning against immigration. Has there been one which is kind of she's been the most annoyed about? I don't think so. She's generally Laura is very good at putting up with me. So fair enough. Um, it's hard to think of a, an example of when I've gone too far. She'll, she'll if I say something if we're sat in a, a coffee shop or a restaurant or something and I say something inappropriate a little bit too loudly, she'll mm. say, uh, "Oh, why don't you say that a bit louder?" And so I'll shout it really loudly. <laughs> That's a regular thing too, and then she can't. And I, I'm sorry. I say, Laura, not, there's not a court in the land. They've all been removed. Yes, tennis you, courts, the lot. Do you still um, do, do, you, do you still take credit for sunsets and so forth? Yes, yes, I do very much. So she'll say, "Oh gosh, that's very pretty." I always say, "Thank you." I will say, "Thanks, thanks for noticing." <laughs> 
<laughs> it's very boring at this point. It's been going on for years now. But it can't stop. I mean, it can't it stop, stop that now. No. A final defeat. So no, it can. It just has to continue forever. Uh huh. It'll be interesting to see if she ends up killing you. <laughs> it will be very interesting to see. Yeah. I'm very annoying. But then she's very annoying too in... No, that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, otherwise it could be a little bit cliche. Man, but I'm sure she, she can give as good as she gets. Here is, a, here is a sentence that Laura has never said in her life. You ready? Go on then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you another one. No. Okay. She's never said either of those sentences. Never has the word yes or no been followed by a full stop from her Maybe from her, her school... Maybe her school mistakenly taught her that a sentence has to have a subject, an object, and a verb, and she's just uh, struggling to follow that advice. Maybe she's been to too many improv classes and feels she has to say yes and. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> you just, if I, if I ask, I, I will sit down and script the question in advance before I say it, so that it is impossible to have anything other than the yes or no I need to hear from her so I can get on with the thing. And no. They'll never hear it. I never hear her say yes or no. It's always, but I said this with the thing and the thing and that person and that person and the thing and before and I mentioned them. I don't care! Just say yes or no so I know what to do next. Uh, has she taken that advice? Uh, no, no she hasn't. No, you've got to answer that in the way that she would. So, did she take that advice? Um, we've talked about this before and we said that the reason why I wasn't able to say yes or no to your question, Nick, is because that yesterday I when see. I was talking to her... I'm beginning to get the uh, yeah. effect. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so fair enough. So, so I think that's... Uh, so you're accusing her of being a BNP attending racist and everything. <laughs> I think that's pretty well balanced, actually. I think so. I think that's fair. It's a balance for a... <laughs> uh, a perfect marriage requires a perfect balance. Then you've got it. Have I given my genuine marriage my best piece? Because I've been married for four years now, Nick, which is about as long as anyone else. Yes. Um, I feel like I've got a lot of wisdom. My genuine, yes. my genuine marriage tips, and I may have said this before, um, do you know what I was thinking the other day? Someone, uh, you mentioned something. Um, I, tw- I tweeted that photo of your Times Educational Supplement article. Yes. I remember going out and buying the TES because I barely knew who you were at this point and you were boasting that you'd written this thing and I went to buy it. Um, and it, 1997, that was. 96, even. Yeah, that's about 10 years ago, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you said that and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> ah! Anyway. Um... <laughs> um and someone replied saying, oh, but you mentioned this on, on the podcast. I think it's better that I can't remember the content of the last 200 hours of rubbish than someone who yes. can. Someone who can worries me more. Well, I can't. I genuinely can't really remember what we discussed 20 minutes ago. And I'm not saying that in a kind of cutesy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got vague impressions, but I couldn't go back and give you... Uh, no, uh, the last thing I remember talking about was Judith and, and, and the school's wee policy. The Martian. Every, I remember the Martian. That's no, oh, I, I completely forgot that. Genuinely, I, <laughs> if you'd have asked me to remember, I couldn't have remembered the Martian. So, yeah, this this stuff dissolves quicker than one of those dreams. That's true. So, anyway, so my uh, marriage advice: uh, buy the biggest bed you can afford. Oh my goodness, that's such oh, good yeah. advice. You have mentioned it before, but I think it does need to be mentioned. I think so every too. Week. Yeah. Buy the biggest bed you can afford. Why my, do people do that? It's, it's know, in, they, they, they buy the, they basically buy a cot for them to sleep in. I don't understand that. Well, I, I, can we buy a cot with a very uncomfortable mattress, please? And it, and the, the thing is, I would I say buy a bigger bed with a more uncomfortable mattress than a reg, a standard double with a comfy mattress. But anybody can afford a bigger bed because what you do is just don't. Yeah, frankly sleep on mats on the floor until you can afford yeah. a bigger bed don't just buy a smaller bed uh, and think oh well I can sort of afford that this month it's, it is silly 
And the second piece of advice is two duvets. Oh my goodness, two duvets. We haven't done that, but what you we see, do is we, we get a duvet that's bigger, that's, that's for a grade bigger than the bed that we've got. That's all. That's uh, all very well, but I'm still. I'm sure you still fight over it and steal it and Dutch well, oven I, each other. And it's and the usual sorts. nonsense where I'm. I'm accused of being the duvet thief. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, exactly. I, we don't have that in our lives. Not a fe- not a feature of our marriage. See, I'm trying to think. How does that work? Isn't there an issue with overlaps and stuff like that? Doesn't. Uh, yeah. So they one. They hang off either is, side of the bed. Is there a tessellation issue? No, because the, the duvets are square and beds are square. No, but so there's really about, not much of a tessellation uh, challenge. No, I kind of I'm, I'm thinking more plate tectonics here. <laughs> it's possible that there could be a, an earthquake or a volcano as the as the as the as one duvet subducts under the other. But here's the thing: her duvet is on my side of the bed. <coughs> so what? I've got extra duvet. Mm. But when it comes to like when she rolls over, she's no, not but you've got a duvet with her. you've got the duvet with the edge. There's a there's a the, there's there's the centre of of gravity of the duvet gets changed and I'm beginning to feel icky. <laughs> it seems to get, work. It seems to work. You might get one of the the, the duvet stud nubbins or something. Oh, now this is that's very important to make sure that's always that, that. I learned that here's a, here's a mistake I've made with duvets for a lot of my life. And you learned it the hard way. Oh, the hard for thirty something years, mm-hmm. having the poppers or the buttons. At yes. the feet. That is wrong. It feels right. What? What are you talking about? It's wrong. This is what, what, this is blasphemy. I, I don't know if I can allow you to speak it. You have them down the side. What? Because if they're what? down the side, they don't get your you don't get your foot what, stuck in them and accidentally unpop them. They never they're never a feature. If they're down the side, they're always just hanging over the side of no. the bed. They're just not a problem. By your feet you get your foot caught in and it pops and you have to reach down to the Oh but down the down the side. You're a, you're not duvet perverse, you're a duvet pervert. How can you <laughs> So you've got a you've got a, a, an overwonked duvet that also <laughs> has the the wrong rotation. I'm, oh, I'm beginning to feel all, all at sea. I need to get back to my old certainties. Why can't we just all have eider downs? Literally made with the down of an eider duck. The, the the duvets we have have got duck feathers in them. No, Victoria doesn't like feathers because they're crunchy. I like them because they, I like crunching them between my fingers. It's my favourite fiddle. You get the feather and you get it between your finger and your, your index finger and your oh, thumb and then you snap it slippy. snap snap snap, snap. and you get but kick, also it's got, kick, kick, kick. but 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 then the fronds have also got that weird silky slippiness as well mm. it's like they're oiled when you rub them together delicious does toby ever join you in in your bed he does not that's so sad Poor uh, well he's child. no it's he's i think he's just too young for it at the moment no but i mean does he never even just like he's whinging a bit so he just kind of comes there in the morning or whatever he or can't, you are aware he can't walk bed? aren't you He's, he's he's eleven months old, so no, he doesn't ever come and join us in bed in the morning. When he's old enough to, I very much hope he will. Judith came into our bed the other day. She had a bad dream, and she she, she came in. But um, do you remember that? Did you did you used to do that when you were a child? Or yes. You had a really bad dream, and and as uh, again as I was saying, there is no place that is as safe and secure and comforting as your parents' bed at that moment. It's like it's 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 an amazing bar, but. Uh, it's amazing the, the degree to which the bad dream can then be dealt with by just sleeping between two people who, frankly, let's be honest, couldn't save you from that monster. <laughs> you merely because you're lying in the, on, the, on, the, on the same mattress as them. It seems to work for children. That's good. 
No, so he's he's still too wee for this. I look, I, I kind of look forward to it. Although I have a, uh, talking to a friend of Laura's whose uh, two-year-old is uh, incapable of sleeping, not with them at the moment. I think his mum is now sleeping on the floor in his bedroom just for the sake of anyone getting to sleep. Mm-hmm. Children are awful. Toby was up from eleven to one last night, and then from four this morning. What was he doing from four? Just up, happy, up about. Apparently, up, up, up. apparently Best time fed. Apparently, fed from for an hour and a quarter the, uh, uh, this morning. Excellent. Glad to hear it. So, he, uh, Laura's in a good mood today. Yes, I imagine she is. And it sounds like about the time that you should accuse her of being a member of a right-wing proto-fascist organisation, I think. Of course. That'll get a, that'll get a good good reaction. So t- tell me about... Uh, you, you tweeted some weeks ago and we did... Oh, gosh, the hotel. Yeah, but there were tweets because I kind of said we're at this hotel and then uh, a few hours later we're leaving. Um, Toby's been screaming for an hour or something. Oh. So we went to a wedding... Ugh, I know. Yeah. And this was bad. Yeah. This is one of Laura's university friends. Oh, good. So it's, it's sufficiently distant that you can be rude about them without having a risk of their hearing this. Excellent. I That's hope so. It. I do hope yeah. so. Her okay, friend, yeah. her friend, her university her. friend, yes. is lovely. Yeah, that's very nice. Don't know her very well, but she seems very lovely. Okay. Um, didn't know anyone. And, and, a couple, and a couple of other university friends, the four of them, yeah. knew, knew the other two. That's uh-huh. it. Didn't know anyone else at the whole wedding. So that's always a good start. Great stuff. Uh, Laura barely knew anyone else as well. Of course. One side of the family, a little bit scary. Just a touch. How so? Tattoo scary or BMP scary or... Um, I would be... I would be very... very I, I, I try, I'm trying to say this without hyperbole. I would be very surprised were there not a BMP sympathies there. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So really quite scary... I think if I needed anything imported or exported, I wouldn't have had to go far. Um, they were, it was, it was a chilling environment to say the least. The other half of the family were from, um, uh, somewhere in the Caribbean and they were brill. Very, very interesting contrast. But hold on, you've got BMP sympathies. And when you say Caribbean, I'm thinking melanin enriched. Just a touch. Hmm, that does literally cause a contrast, and that was, contrast doesn't. No, but that didn't seem to be a thing. So I, I, the BMP thing is is wild, wildly unfair because I can't prove anything. But just uh, if you were draw, if you drew a cartoon of a BMP supporter, you okay? This would be yeah. So and and everyone there may have been adorably lovely. I don't know. Certainly the I children. Certainly the children were not. Um, there was a a six year old uh, Toby was there was a playground area in the place where they were holding the reception. Where were they holding a reception? It was somewhere in Milton Keynes. <laughs> that's still... Uh, it doesn't matter how old that town gets, just saying the phrase is, is like, okay, that's, <laughs> yes. that's, that, that's, that's the punchline already. Exactly. Okay, um, it's kind of I have an impression of the playground now as well, sterile. And, you know. No, it was just a it was just little sort of wood. It was wooden. It was quite nice. But they were th- in three sections, and there were some very shouty and quite unpleasant kids... Um, uh-huh. on two of the sections and one of them was free and had this little wooden tunnel a round tunnel and mm-hmm. I put Toby in this so we could crawl back and forth inside the tunnel he was having a lovely time mm-hmm. um, and then this uh, older boy comes along and c- starts going up the ramp into the tunnel and starts crawling over Toby oh that's nice 
And I was like, I'm not really okay with that. And I said, hey, back off. That's all I said. Hey, back off. And he looked at me and said, you think you could talk to a six-year-old like that? I'm alarmed that a six-year-old can respond like that because it means that his parents have been speaking to him mm-hmm. uh, inappropriately. Mm-hmm. He, uh, mm. It was just the weird... And I was like, well, yes, I do think I can speak to a six-year-old like that. But I just looked at him, gave him a look, and he went away. Um, but that was... So he what threatened me. He was... Yeah. What should I have said? Sorry. No, I'm just saying... You think, I was wondering if you then speak like what like. But no, that's... <laughs> That's, he was, I was just thinking, yeah, I friggin' can I could, I could squash you between my heads and or something like that. But I should have said it, that. It's it's. Victoria's noticed there's a certain demographic of people who, it's like they don't because their parents have never spoken to them in the way that it's appropriate for a parent to speak like children. They just speak to them as if they're kind of some annoying friends of their own age, and so you you hear people shouting down the street at their children in ways using language that's completely inappropriate tone that's completely uh-huh, inappropriate uh-huh. and it's that's probably something that's more important even than handwriting to uh try and learn and teach the next generation about do you, th- do you think perhaps so yeah so okay. essentially he was threatening me uh, maybe he could have had me he was uh, he had spiked up hair and two uh, two gold earrings in one ear the 6 year old boy Oh, you see, I try not to have mm-hmm. eugenic, eugenic impact. <laughs> but really, the world would have probably been better if he'd have been aborted. Uh, I don't know, maybe he'll go on to become an incredible youth worker or something. That's often Yes, yes, often maybe. Possible. Yeah, maybe he will. Maybe it's he the, will. But the best youth workers come from these, back, come from these really troubled backgrounds. And, yeah. uh, so there's, there's, there's that potential. Okay, well, we'll, we'll let, let's hope so, because otherwise I'm just having him retroactively aborted. Later on, and I did accuse him on Twitter, uh, but it was someone else, uh, another kid his age, mm-hmm. shouted incredibly, and I will censor, but it's important that it, obviously yeah. he didn't, this six-year-old, shouted, yeah. You effing bitch! At, uh, at another little girl his age. I I don't think I would allow myself to consort with people who consort with people like that. Exactly. Yeah. It, sounds, it sounds a bit censorious, but I kind of, I don't even want to be, have a secondary infection. So it, it, it's yes. almost, that's almost good enough to actually we're going at that point. <laughs> that's, was... that's just beyond, that's beyond, that, that, that's not a, I, I, I never want Judith to be in a position to witness something like that almost. You know what I mean? It's, it's so horrifying. It, it, it was, yeah. And Toby's young enough that it doesn't matter, which is mm. good. Um, and... How was that dealt with when this... this, this were, um... The kids were completely unsupervised. I was the only adult near the playground at the time. And when this child shouted that, what happened? Oh, they just screamed and ran around some more. Did you not have a word? No, they, they were... They were uh, as this playground. This little playground thing was in three little sections, and they were, you know, twenty feet away. And I was looking after Toby. You should have taken. I mean, you should have gone to him and said, "That's utterly unacceptable." Well, who, who allows you to speak like that? Well, of course. Just, ha- because, just, just how because do you see that off, ending? You say just because your mother's latest boyfriend keeps saying that to her doesn't mean you should say it to other people. I mean, if he'd been nearby, like next to me, I probably would have. But it was because I couldn't see who it was. It was coming from. These kids, this gang of kids Shudder. on this playground. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was I know, really... Yes, I am. Uh, yes, I am very snobbish and judgmental. Yes, I am. Tough. 
I found myself challenged by that, by the judgment, by realizing, how, and I wasn't judging these kids because they're kids. No, of course they're not. Just That's mirrors. Not they're just mirrors. Yeah, of course. But yeah, you, you're, you're watching what those awful parents have done, and they are terrible parents, and I judge them. It, yeah, it made me sad. It made me really I mean, sad. Empirically and objectively, you and I are much better parents than they are. <laughs> and to, but to say that you can't say that for some reason, you have to pretend that all parents are just as good. No, no, they're not. Some parents are really rubbish. But we, this is a weird thing about that we have to pretend that all parents are equally good and some are just more challenging. No, some parents really shouldn't have become parents. Just like there are some people who really shouldn't be driving. It's just that when we we were happy for the state to tell us who and who may not drive, but it becomes a little troubled when you allow the state to say who <laughs> may may or may not breed. But that doesn't mean that everybody who breeds should have. It just means that getting the state to stop them from doing it is a bit of a problem. It's more problematic, yes. Yeah. That sometimes people confuse the two. They, because the state should be doing it, therefore it means everybody is just... No, it doesn't. There are some people who really, really shouldn't be compared. I mean, I don't think it's controversial to say that maybe Rose West shouldn't have had kids. <laughs> I think that's very rude. How dare you? How dare I? She she, she was just a challenged parent. Um, so, so, so anyway, that, so that, that was set, set the scenes. That was for the vibe. Event. It was funny enough. It was The wedding itself was very lovely. It was, a very, it was short, which is my favourite feature of a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, were, were there the hideous five-hour photograph sessions? Well, that was when all the all this went down. Why do people do that? Did I don't, you do that? I can't remember. If you we did had the that. cream teas during that, so people had something to do. Okay, good. Um, with the CTFP sign outside, yeah. I'm so yeah, proud good. of that. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so that, that, that the wedding was strange. So we sat, and then the meal was nice, and we sat with nice people, and it was generally an okay. It's just that this really strange moment in the middle. Mm. Um, then come the evening, Laura booked a hotel nearby. We used the. Where is this located? How far is it from where you live? Oh, it's, it's a two and a half hours drive away. Oh, okay. Um, so that's why we got the hotels. So we didn't have to have Toby in the car for five hours in one day. And also, you could all have a lovely drink. Well, exactly. If we, and and uh, I, I'm a bit reluctant for us both to drink in case, like, Toby needed to be taken to hospital or something. But, um, anyway, doesn't matter. Because yeah, you're neurotic. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's good to have one adult, one parent able to drive at any point, right? Makes sense. Some rationale to that. Anyway, so we're sitting at the hotel and it's, uh, it's a British hotel, so it's not very good. It's the Hilton in Milton, when we use the free because hotels.com do the you get 10 nights you get one free yeah of course so we used our free night to book this place and so Laura got uh, a queen suite because it was free Ooh. woohoo wow luxury uh, yeah uh, it was about the size of a standard American hotel room okay and, it was uh, a suite what? because it had a sofa bed in it was the air conditioning good? there wasn't any air conditioning <laughs> oh Britain the uh, tea, a uh, coffee was of course sachets of instant uh, rations from the yeah. Second World War. <laughs> yes. Um, and, but it was the room was nice and the bathroom was lovely and clean. It was. By which clean, you mean at least it, it didn't it didn't it didn't stink of mold. So exactly. that's that's good for a British. And hotel. the bed was a cold hard sheet of rock. Of course, I like a firm bed. I'm all about a firm bed. Uh, yes. This was not firm. This was hard. This was yes. a hard plasticky the the mattress was comically noisy as so, hard as the knuckle dusters at that six-year-old <laughs> to lie down on the bed was to make such a noise as to have very little chance of keeping toby asleep in his cot um it was 
awful. Just and how can a Hilton get a bed wrong? How can any hotel get the bed wrong? I don't understand this. We're back to beds. We're back to the primacy of beds. It's yeah. not handwriting that you need to get right. It's beds. 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 Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so we're in this hotel, and to- we get Toby to sleep. It takes a really long time to get him to sleep, and then he wakes up at eleven-ish and screams, and not crying, screaming. And we don't why? know why. What did you fed him? Probably teething. Um, mm. He's having some trouble with his incisors. Well, just because um, a little sharp bit of bony enamel is slicing through his gum, you think he's crying. That sounds un- unlikely. My dad told me that apparently what's meant to happen is as the tooth approaches the skin of the gum, an enzyme is meant to be released that dissolves the skin and allows the tooth to come through painlessly. But my dad says, just doesn't work. Well, it's probably to do with uh, um, the fact that we, we screwed ourselves up a lot during the agriculture, well, when we invented agriculture, and our jaws became much narrower, which meant that the teeth that are in there no longer fit, hence wisdom teeth and so on. So we, we've, we've screwed us up with, with grains. Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so he's screaming and he cannot be settled. And he screams and he screams and he screams. And we're in a hotel. So, of course, the six rooms surrounding us, or whatever it is, are going to just be hearing, no- we're the screaming baby room. Yes. And... That's not. It's not okay. You can't be the screaming baby room. You have to do something, and it just went on and on. Well, you should have probably just given him a little, a little drive around the block, and he would have fallen asleep. And he would have fallen asleep, and then we would have brought him back in, and he would have started screaming again. I went down to the car and got his pram and his cot because obviously he's really good. That makes him fall asleep and put him in that. Screamed and screamed. We tried. We did so. We tried everything. He's just did nothing but scream. It got to twelve thirty, and I said, "Right, we have to go home. This is ridiculous." We had, we had I, we'd both had an hour's sleep by that point. No, Laurie had two. I'd had one hour's sleep by that point. Um, How would you had an hour's sleep if he was screaming all the time? Your story. Ele- I told you. St- Did you murder her? It started at eleven thirty. I just told you. So you'd screaming. already slept for an hour. Yes. Well, very early to bed from a wedding. Surely you should have been dancing with all the chairs. Uh, we left uh, to get the baby to bed nice and early. Well, that was your mistake. That actually was your mistake because. What I find at weddings and all these loud places, if you want to get the baby to bed, put the baby in the pram in the loudest, thumpiest part of the uh, wedding and they'll they'll sleep through. He'll sleep. Your, mistake, the, your mistake was going home. The, pr- no, the problem is getting the baby. Failed. F- Listen, the baby. The failed. No, you failed. Uh, the baby from no the wedding the to the hotel, he would have woken up at that point and then been awful to get back to sleep, even worse. No, unless we'll we have left to go him back at, in time and try out that experiment. Unless we, left, we? we could have left him at the wedding all night long. That would have been the best... Agreed. So it gets to 12.30 and I was like, we're going home, come on, we've got to, we can't stay here. And then Laura didn't want to, and then we got to 1.30 and it was still going. I said, right, so we're going. And so Joe packed into the car and drove home and got home at four o'clock in the morning. And then he was up at six, so that was good. Was he very upset when he was up at six? No! Morning! Morning, what a Yeah, so that was a fun day and night. He's such a wretch. Here's a thing you can do to very much confuse your brain and body. Mm -hmm. Go to bed in a hotel one side of the country. Mm -hmm. Wake up in your own bed in your own house in the morning. That's very confusing. It's really interesting how much that confused us. Were they surprised that you were checking out? Uh, The the guy on the overnight uh, didn't have a lot of English in his armoury. I see. Um, so I think he was just more, more bemused. He was very lovely, uh, mm. but it was quite a 
difficult conversation to say we were, we were like trying to trying to make it clear they had done nothing wrong we were like well, we've got to go yeah. home our baby's exploding yeah. You remember when Theresa May used to pretend that she worried about the Tories being the, the nasty, nasty party? And they said, hold on. <laughs> going to be the nastiest of them all. <laughs> she really, that was, a, that was a real disgrace. She's a treat. Uh, uh, on the other hand, I'd like you to um, acknowledge that I was right in telling you not to be quite so dissy of Mr. Gove because he's not quite the parody you point him out to be. He forced through, to much to a lot of anger about his cabinet colleagues, the uh, dissociation of this deal with the Saudis after they... Interesting, that one, isn't it? He's a, he's a funny mix, that man. But that's the point. Yeah, exactly. That was always my point. I was not saying he was an angel. I was saying, actually, there are far clearer devils than he. He's he... a very... He's confused. I mean, he was an adopted confused child who developed in a way that's kind of maybe relatable and that he had so many strange ideas that coalesce but you can't parody him as just but another no Tory, you conflate you conflate i uh i hate i think him. you said he was you said he was the worst of the worst i think and i said no that's not true. <laughs> no, no you did you said he's the worst of the worst you, of the this is your conflation i hate him because of the moral maze not because of his time as uh, the oh, no, that's as, true. As, yeah exactly as a school minister i'm afraid it's his moral mm. maze presence that made that sealed my he, feelings toward him He's no longer. I assume he's no longer on the market. Not for years. Not for many years. No. 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 Have you um, seen that? You know, Sandy Toxvig stopped doing the news quiz because she's to become an MP, a, a, a prospective MP. Yes, of course. She's taking over QI. I know. I read that. That's strange on two accounts. Yeah. A. Why is um, why is Stephen Fry leaving it? He did and the. He, it looked very suspicious, didn't it? It's like, oh, I've been doing this fifteen years, and it's the best job in the world, but it's time to move on. Yeah, people don't tend to move on from the best job in the world. They tend to go, oh, I've got the best job in the world. I'll stay here. And it's hardly a difficult gig. So no. it's just weird. Why? Uh, well, I'd love to know the story behind that one. But well, he may have just got a, a, a film or a, a movie deal that means he can't record a series. And the BBC were like, well, you either do it or you don't. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess so. This? When last did you watch QI? Oh, a long time ago. I mean, I've turned it off a lot of times because I see, oh, QI's on and then realise. Yeah. Um, it's one of those shows. Do you know what programme isn't as bad as I assumed it would be? What? Eight out of ten cats does countdown. <sighs> That's my <laughs> response when I hear that title. Well, it's a very... They obviously they did a... I think Channel 4 did a mix-up night a few years ago where they had... I remember, They, yes. they meddled, muddled all their shows up. Um, and it worked. And the, 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 the reason it's good is because they take... The actual while they do very little playing of the game and it's mostly just mucking around, they take playing the game really seriously and they get they try and do it properly. Well, that's that's very important. That's the key. That's it wouldn't why, work otherwise. And, and that's uh, and that's actually, funnily enough, where QI began to fail. Yeah, they stopped exactly. taking the mission of the program seriously and just tra- treated it as a way of trying to get some desperate gag out as quickly as they could. And that was only only took two series to get there. You watched that first series of QI with uh, John Sessions and Hugh Laurie and yes. and interesting guests. Um, who else? They have Danny Baker and, and people who were well, in smart. QI should have been a programme where people mused, yes. not tried to get a gag out. Well, it's, just, when the Lees, it's when the Lees started coming that it all started going wrong. It very quickly became Bill Bailey going, oh, owls, voles, and Joe Brand going, ah, oh, fat. Yeah, and, uh, and then Lee, Lee, whatever Lee going on about whatever Lee's going on about. <laughs> Probably six-year-olds with gold earrings or something. It's, uh, it, yes, it just became people just going on and doing their stand-up. Yes. And so, what? No, don't. 
If I wanted to watch that, I'd watch Mock the Week and PS. <laughs> Which, of course, I never would. Yes, exactly. But just before that, in my list of uh, desires, is plucking my eyes out. Uh, what about uh, your favourite radio programme? Which one's that now? The Now The Now Show! show. Is that still happening? It seems to still be going. I don't, I don't listen to it, obviously. Uh, the news <laughs> quiz has be- suddenly become a lot more bearable with Miles Jupp at the helm. I, I also, apparently, my mother was listening to the other day and she said she was really surprised that there was actually some comedy and mild attacks against Jeremy Corbyn, which wouldn't have been allowed. Yes, in, indeed. In the day, I'm surprised. that, that There that, was a lady on, on Friday Ooh, who, was, uh, who wasn't inherently left-wing. Mm-hmm. And she was interesting and witty, and she didn't, and she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't Nija. She okay. wasn't Jeremy Hardy, Mark Steele. She wasn't Jeremy Hardy, Mark Steele with a bow in the hair. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, it's like it's like with you. You, uh, you should do some more um, Brian the Bunnies because I like it. Where, <laughs> I like it where the lady, the lady, the lady bunny was a lady by dint of the bow in her hair. I absolutely, I, I deeply embraced the put a bow on it meme. Yes. You should do a few more. I don't think I ought. Yeah, go on then. They weren't. I did a hundred. I feel like that's enough. A hundred, Mick. Yeah, I know. We have discussed this before. But I, I know. We've discussed, I know. I think we probably, you, we've discussed is, it off air a lot more than on as well. No, the thing is, the last time we discussed it on air was probably about literally five, almost five years ago. <laughs> so, now, so now it's worth discussing again. Come on, do, do, do a few more just for old time. I did a hundred right. and then I tried to see if it could go anywhere and make any money. And, and, and everyone would tell me money, how much they loved you. Everyone would tell me how much they loved it and no one bloody looked at it. And it was a waste of time. It took hours to draw each one, and about 200 people ever saw them. Your father liked them. He still has them in a folder. It's true. Yeah. Shall we say goodbye to the listener? I suppose we probably should. Okay. Um, See you next week. Love you. Bye.